We'd like to thank Harry and David for supporting our podcast today, your source for excellent gifts for food grown and prepared in Southern Oregon. From their famous pears and peaches to moose munch and chocolate truffles, Harry and David offers great ideas for holiday giving. Shop at harryanddavid.com and when you do, make sure to enter the promo code PDX10 to receive 10% off from now until the end of February 2016. And thank you, Harry and David. We've got a little studio here Good. right at the fork. Okay. Yeah, I guess we're ready. Let me just start this now? off. Are we we'll doing it going. now? We're doing it now. This is nice. So, um... We've never done this before. No, we've never done this. We have a special end-of-the-year show at right at the fork. This is Chris Angeles. Thanks for joining us. This completes our second year of podcasts. Byron, do you need to uh, get your level over there? Go ahead. This I'm is good, the way I'm podcast good. works. But uh, two years, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we've, we're uh, happy to be here, and we're looking forward to, uh, to more. Um, I wanted to take one second to say this, because on this podcast, I have made uh, not, so, uh, not such complimentary remarks to the sport of soccer. And I'm not a soccer fan, but I would like to give a shout out to everyone, the Timbers, and all the fans. I was really impressed with, and it, this could be a function of how much tickets were in, in Columbus, but I was really impressed with how many people that I knew, which were mostly from the food industry, were on a plane to go see the Timbers win. So, got to give a shout out. We're recording this the day after. It'll, the the love will last right, at least through the end of the year. So Is there um, going to be a parade? I heard there was going to be. Byron, do you know? Um, I think there is a gathering. A, a gathering. <laughs> a very wet gathering. Oh, yeah. and, Shoot. And, I mean, I was thinking parade. I was like, I, can I get on that float? <laughs> I'm guessing. So let's talk a little bit about the voices that you hear. So you've heard mine. And you hear Heather Jones, who is our producer, right at the Fork Producer. Hello. And she's got, I'm going to ask everybody to do their, their social media stuff now because we'll just forget it. Um, so, H, at HJ Consult. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, close to the mic. Heather's an awesome publicist and is also an awesome producer of this podcast. We have Kayleen in here filling in for court as our engineer. And she's working on getting that mic at mouth level. As we go, um, and also um, Missy Mackey. Hello, hello. Who Hi there. Uh, has her own radio show on Sundays, uh, eight sixty on your dial? Yes, I K- got it wrong yesterday. I put six eighty first. And that's, then I- that's okay. It's AM eight sixty K Pam, the voice of Portland. There you go. <laughs> Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings, ten to twelve. Simple ten, Kitchen. Missy, simple kitchen, is that yeah. your real name? It is my real name, and I think you asked me that once. That you was You asked me. me if, was that you? So that said, was it's me. Missy Mac, your real name, and it, it really is. Well, Missy. I actually wanted to know what it was short, what it was. It is, short, well, it is a shortened name. It is a, Meli- I am a Melissa. Melissa. There you yes. go. But it sounds Which, like something you'd have with rice and maybe a little wasabi. Absolutely. Most people, <laughs> most people think when they finally get to meet my reclusive husband that he's going to be a small Japanese man. However, <laughs> Mackie is a Finnish name and he's about six foot five and blonde. The, the, quite the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, so great. And thank you for having me on your show yesterday and before that as well. You're an alum. 
yes. over at the Cape Ham Studios. Yeah, no problem. No uh, problem. If you can find it. I, I got it. I, it's you true, know, it's true. pretty easy on a Sunday morning. It's not that hard. Just pop it in. And, and so we also have, uh, I'm pleased to have Byron Beck here with us. Byron, you know, when you go in and you Google you, Google you, um, there's, a, there's a lot there. So, you know, you have your website, ByronBeck.com. You've been writing in this city for a long time. Mm-hmm. So what is, so now when, when people ask you, where, what do you do, what's the first thing that comes out of you? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the way awesome. to be. Yeah. Honestly, I have no clue. You okay. can't pin no. him down. So, but you don't have a main gig right now that, um, you, that you want to feature or mm, highlight? Nope. You okay. starting, you're starting a podcast? I, I am... Uh, I am in the beginnings of that conversation with a couple of really cool people. That would be really awesome. Make sure it's with cool people. Always. um, You know, and I think your guys' podcast is great. And so you guys set the bar very high. So I don't know what to say other than I'm not doing much right now. I'm enjoying the holidays and trying to stay dry. But you have radio experience in your background. Oh, yeah. And you've got a great radio voice. So Yeah. A face for radio, some people might say. You and I both. Um, Yeah, I mean, so what do you do? What do I do? Oh, thanks. Good segue. Yeah, Yeah, so professional. So I do do this, and I also have, I do a thing called Portland Food Adventures, which has really gotten... Sounds, you know, I watch Portland Food Adventures, and I have to say, every time I see that come across my uh, email, I always want to say, click, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Well, I tried to get you to one years ago when it first started, and now I'm kind of generally... We're we're pretty filled up, and we'll That's get great. you there. Congratulations! Yeah, thanks. The but, last one was in Spain. Well, we did. We started going to Spain, and we're going to be going next year again. So we're doing culinary trips with Portland chefs. Thank you for asking, because I don't talk about it that much. If you ever do one to France, please let me know. We will be doing one, and we're working on it, so I can talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's not official yet. We're okay. working on one with. Uh, a guy by the name of Aaron Barnett at St. Oh, Jack's. Yeah, I, go, I, I guy by... Who? <laughs> to go He's to, awesome. And I may as well get all of them out since I'd like to. Um, we are also working on another one to Italy with uh, my friend Rick Gencarelli to wow. do a pizza and wine tour of Italy next year. This will all happen in September. Heather's over there doing some awesome stuff. Pay no attention. Stop it. <laughs> and uh, and then we're going to go back to Barcelona and San Sebastian with uh, Jose Chesa at Italo. That we did in September, and it was really fun. So thanks for asking. Also do the podcast, and I also happen to enjoy my Instagram feed, Portland Food ADV. That I'm, I love taking pictures. I, I love I love your pictures from Paris. The yes, yeah. I still have a lot of them that haven't been that are still sitting there. So. I will feature them again. Um, I did that with my wedding photos. I've been, they're just sitting there. I don't know what to do with them. Anyways, uh, my uh, Twitter handle and most everything can be found through Byron Beck. I'm really That's easy pretty to find easy. It. Instagram, yeah, it. on the Twitters, wherever you want to find me. And we didn't get Missy. Missy, what's yours? It's Missy Mackey. <laughs> M-I-S-S-Y-M-A-K-I. At Missy Mackey. You want you guys want to do a reverse takeover so oh, he can we be probably by, should. He can be Missy Mackey. I don't think he wants to take pictures of kids. Oh, I would be happy. However, to. I do want to go and go to the events that Byron goes to. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's why that's a good segue again. So the re- what we're doing today, Heather and I talked about doing a fun end of the year show and we take a break at the end of the year, so a show that would would last and have some evergreen value for a few weeks and be fun 
uh, four people who know the Portland food scene pretty well here and just chat about some different ideas, what we like, what we don't like, what has happened this last year. Not so much what's happening next year because we can all anticipate and uh, new places, but there's a lot that's going on in this food scene. And, you know, I look, thought back today, I moved here in 2005, there was not much going on. Mm-hmm. There were a few nice restaurants, but it wasn't a scene. So one of the things we wanted to talk about is, you know, what's great and what are our favorite things. Um, and it's really hard to pick a favorite dish or a favorite place. That's the hardest when someone says, what's your favorite restaurant? Can't do that. Uh, but at any rate, I thought I would start by touching on a few of the things that happened this year. If anybody has comments, I think the most controversial would have been Renata being named Restaurant of the Year by the Oregonian after being open about 16 minutes. Anyb- Agreed. To- totally, totally unfair. Unfair I'm to... Not, I'm I not think saying was, they don't deserve it, right? but I'm saying... Unfair to everybody else. To everyone else in the community. For, where we really was unfair was unfair to Renata. Because that's what Re- I was going to say. That's quite a setup. You're I mean, right. Uh, Renata uh, was just getting their legs and to throw restaurant a year at them when they were hoping that they'd have at least three months to figure out what they're doing. I actually think, and this is going to sound weird, but I think it's uh, there was a backlash to that 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 the accolade and it's they've actually had more problems as a restaurant because of it you know it takes a long time to figure out a menu and one of the questions i ask chefs is tell me particularly if they've been open for a couple year i say tell me what's on your menu right now Mm -hmm. that was on your menu the day that you opened and i'm wondering how that is with renata because if you have an opening menu which wow we all know that there's a lot of kinks to go through and not only that like staff are you staffed up to be restaurant of the year right. but so i agree with byron with what he's saying but i'm wondering how much even at this point is on the menu from that opening from that restaurant of the year menu well you know what i think is that that we're in this strange place where the new is what's Everybody's talking about. Yeah. And yet in this town where there's a lot of competition, and we've discussed this before, the places that have been around for uh, the longest, Mm -hmm. Higgins, Paley's Place, Park Kitchen, they've sustained so much growth and they're still happening. And they're probably not having as good a time of it as they did 15, 20 years ago. But those are the places that need to get the attention and it's hard to shine the light. That's why there are people like Heather. (laughs) To shine the light on places well, like that. Well, here's my question, though. Has, have you guys been to Renata? I have. I, I've been uh, a lot during the summer. I have not so much once it got soggy. And have you been in? What I've was soggy? You've been once? Yep. The, I've been once. And by your experience, did you feel like it was a restaurant of the year experience? Uh, I don't I, No, No, not at all. But I, 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 I did. I, you I did. did. Yeah. You have. You felt like. The food was amazing. But yeah. I, I need to disclaim when I said no. I didn't have enough. To have, I, I had a couple of dishes. Mm-hmm. That's not enough to decide whether it's restaurant of the year quality or not. I thought the space was pretty cool. The service was good, but I would never say that was. Oh my God, you got to get to that. Like I did when we first went to Ox. Yeah, and uh, there's a specialness that I think people expect with a restaurant of the year kind of kind of praise that the food not only has to be excellent, but it, there has to be an X factor to it that Mm. makes it stand out some way. And I I went once, I went with my book club, we ordered a lot of dishes, I got to taste a lot of different food, all fabulous, all wonderful. Um, Was it restaurant of the year? Well, let's just say what happened here. Mike Russell was scared he was gonna get scooped. 
and uh, Michael Russell, who is the uh, critic at the Oregonian. And the timing was wrong. And he made the wrong decision based on the idea that he didn't want to get scooped. Mm. And I think you make a good That's point. I don't think the question. Insight. I don't think the question here is whether it's worth whether it's it's a restaurant of the year or not. The question is what happened and how it happened and why it happened and the fallout from it. And I, I, think, I have a little gossip on this. Do you want to hear it? Do it? Yes. No, no, let's move on to the next topic. No. No, oh, my God. Shut your mouth, I know. Angela. I almost, almost let, let cross speak. like a mochi. So uh, <laughs> this is off the record. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, a com- that's, a, that's such a compliment to this podcast oh that it's off God. the record. Uh, my understanding is uh, that uh, the people who are the powers that be at Renata uh, had Michael come in and talk to them about the challenges of now being named Restaurant of the Year when they're barely open. And they had to have a, a nice tete-a-tete regarding this situation. Mm. And this was after afterwards? After the, after, after after the, the fact. You know, oh. you know, the other thing I, I like have that. to say that I have a little problem with it is we've got a city that chefs are just incubating and there's so many and they're, and they're earning their stripes in Portland, Oregon. And there are a lot of chefs, Portland chefs, that were overlooked uh, for some San Francisco chefs because it was new. Well, but I'm going to give them a little bit of credit. Renata, it was one of the best meals I had of the year. Uh, uh, I was very happy with it. Uh, I, I would have named it Restaurant of the Year three months later. Mm-hmm. I would I, I would have. Um, had, had it happened to fall then? Had it happened to fall outside right. the jurisdiction of print. Right. <laughs> okay, so I'm not used to moving things along in this podcast, but I think we need to sure. move on. Um, uh, Gregory and Dougie, Top Chef. That was a lot of news, and a lot happened because of that. Imperial is now Restaurant of the Year. For Willamette Week. Yes. Yeah, well, the, yeah we were talking about two different Restaurant of the Years. Right, exactly. But Willamette Week, thank you for yeah. for doing that. But um but that was there was a lot of talk, and uh, of course we a lot of us we were all pulling for Gregory and Doug, and um, they did really well, and they didn't win. But you know what? They're amazing people. I have such respect for both of them, especially Gregory, who uh, does so much. He's he never sits down, and as a matter of fact, I've watched him all year on his Facebook feed and Instagram. He's busy every second, and yet a week or two ago, he said, 2016 is the year I'm going to get back at it. As though I just he did saw nothing that. in 2016. He's like, I need to get in shape. I'm like, I'm exhausted <laughs> watching you lightly exercise, Gregory. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of credit should go to Doug, though, because I think it's fair to say that he has been in um, Vitaly Paley's shadow with Imperial, and he got on TV, and everybody was like, wait, who? Like, I, I hadn't heard of him before. Um, Chris, maybe you had certainly. I had the same reaction. I didn't know who he was. I think a lot of people, even in Portland or even in the Portland food scene, hadn't really had a lot of knowledge about him and just got to know him through Top Chef on this national level. That was really that really, really felt special. And I think endeared all of us to him a lot more. And he, you know, he had his ups and downs on the show and he, you know, he persevered and he came out a lot stronger than I think a lot of people thought sure. going into that show. So I I give a lot of credit to him. And who could have written the script that two Portland people, the city where community rules in the, in the food yeah. business, two Portland people are going at it and they're top, they're in the top three and rooting for each other. And Displaying it, that for the country to see that these two, they weren't, 
in any other city, you'd be if it was New York, this guy would be. I got to put this guy down. You know, I'm a, it, with Portland, they were visibly rooting for each other. I'm glad they didn't win, and uh, it doesn't hurt that they're both friggin' hot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, once I one I call the pocket hottie, and that's Dougie, and then the other one's tall and you know beautiful. Um, I'm glad they didn't win because. Uh, I think winning ha- comes with its own pressures, and because they didn't win, it allows them to continue to do the work that they're doing quite well. And actually, I think they've been getting more, uh, they're much more visible than even the winner is my. And um, I think they have uh, huge futures, both individually and collectively. And it allows them to continue to operate as peers. Yes. You know, on equal on an equal playing level. And but I we all agree everybody... that Gregory should have won, right? Well, yeah, but we're also not eating the food, too. It's really hard to watch a show and know who what was really best. But, yes, based on the number of victories that he had and how dominant he was in the in the first many of the first rounds, absolutely, he, he should have. But it was nice to watch. It was fun for Portland to have something because we have a lot of chefs on Chopped and Cutthroat Kitchen, and those, but, but to have it on Top Chef and have it be so visible. That we just need really the show nice. to come here next. Yes, Top Chef. Bra- oh, they sh- Bravo Network. Absolutely. And we know they're I listening. Agree. We know they're listening. To yeah. This. So um, one other thing that's kind of interrelated, and I would say uh, watching Longbon become a place that was that is known nationally now, I think. It's hard sometimes to sit in Portland and know what's going on elsewhere, but uh, hitting the national press, watching, you can't get a reservation there, and no one's really, people don't complain about it. They just deal with it. But watching Earl Ninsom, um grow, he's got a new restaurant going, uh, Hot Yai, um, coming in. And also he's got a collaboration. I was going to mention Patrick McKee leaving Paley's Place and going to Laurelhurst. And now he's on his way to Common Law with Earl. I did not know that. Yeah. Didn't, which part of that didn't you know? <laughs> the last, last part. I've oh, known yeah. Patrick since he was a little boy. Uh, I remember when he used to be a long-haired hippie. Uh, I saw a couple of pictures on Facebook. Uh, but he, uh, it's cool that they're opening a new place in Pine Street Market. Ah, cool. Earl, uh, Earl is the backer, Patrick's the chef, and uh, that's happening. So that was pretty big news when Patrick, after 10 years, left Paley's Place. Yeah, I I love Patrick, and I've been watching him and, and interviewing him through his process, and I actually met him at a dinner that he did, like a, a coursed-out dinner at... Um, at Paley's place. And so it's been really fun watching him grow. And, you know, he, he is, I feel like he is the full package with, um, if you talk to him, if you talk with Patrick, he's a, he's a pretty deep individual. I I mean, I really, I love that about him and I'm really excited about his growth. Now Pine street market, you brought that up and I, I can't tell you how excited I am because I feel like now I have more access to all, like all of these restaurants have like little outlets for me. It's it's like my airport. A little kid in the candy store place, which is what that is going to feel like. You can actually, there's a place and here's what's wonderful about it. I'm constantly going through brain freeze. Where do we want to go? I know 8 million places, but I can't decide. Now you'd be able to just, uh, just, uh, just find your way over there stand there and look around and go okay what do i feel like so that's gonna i think that's gonna be great taking care of that i just want to touch on unless you have something else to say about pine street i wanted to touch about on we had a lot of openings we could touch on taylor railworks and coquine and lots of wonderful discoveries and we'll catch that in a little bit 
But two closings that were pretty big was uh, Gruner and Levant just announced. And uh, that was a big shock to me that Levant is closing. Yeah, I, me too. Yeah. Me too. And really upsetting, too, because he put his heart, Scott Snyder put his heart and soul in that. And um, Do you think Karen uh, Brooks hurt them a little bit? I can't imagine she helped. What are you what, talking about? What did I miss? She gave she gave Levant a pretty bad review two years it, ago. It was oh. it wasn't bad. It was it was an uneven review. I mean, they had a lot of great press when they opened up, and she went in after a, a good long amount of time. I want to say they'd been open for well over a year, and it was kind of a revisit. Where are they now? Type of thing, which she doesn't huh. do that often, and she just talked about if I if memory serves a lack of consistency. Still some great food. Um, well, but- I think she's full of shit. <laughs> Personally, I mean, I love Karen. She's my mentor. But in that case, she got it wrong. Uh, uh, I uh, love Levant, that place. Levant is an amazing restaurant in another city. His expertise and sophistication and where he sets his bar would be uh, heralded and not uh, he would not be closing his doors. That is an amazing restaurant just in the wrong place. Yeah. it's. I think it's location. Location-wise? You think I think it's location hurting? is what killed him. Because but there's, some, there's other things there bad. on East Burnside, Paddy though. is two blocks away and so it's, is it, it, It's a very sophisticated palate eating that type of food in that kind of atmosphere just didn't work um on that street i think if it was in um that's an intricate thing that you there's a consultancy job just in portland to make those kind of calls to be that far away from other successful restaurants but it just didn't work screen door practically across the street yeah but screen door is that neighborhood and screen door sets the the tone of that neighborhood. Uh, what Levant was doing is something you'd see on the Upper West Side, maybe on the Upper East Side. Uh, it was. It's a very Tony restaurant. I, I think their prices could have been higher. I think they could have uh, uh, experimented a lot more. And I think uh, with the right consulting, I think they they would have. I think, and this is going to sound this is going to sound inside baseball. They, I just think Scott was so into himself and that place that he forgot that he had to serve people. Hmm. Mm. Well, it will be missed. I mean, that was great food and, uh, you know, doing a type of cuisine that Portland hadn't seen. No. I mean, the, the Mediterranean, uh, Middle Israeli. East, Israeli, Middle Eastern kind of thing before Mediterranean um, Exploration Company had come out. And that was a, that's exploding in Paris right now, this, this Israeli cuisine. Yeah. I mean, I th- it was such an important uh, place for the city and uh, will be terribly missed. Yeah. Yeah. More, really, more than Gruner, actually. What Gruner, happened with Gruner? I, he got tired. Chris got tired. Yeah, well, he had you know he had his thing with um, one downtown. Down I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, it was, it's Corazon. Where Corazon. Yeah, it's where Chef's Table Group are. Well, it's where right? Lardo is. And Lardo. <laughs> so you and can, Corazon was great. He was just, it was the wrong place at the wrong time. Again, but the thing with, I, I love Christopher Israel, and uh, Christopher Israel is an amazing chef and an amazing person who's just done with this stuff. Do you think he, we're not going to see him again? I don't think we'll see him in this capacity. No, absolutely not. Interesting. He was. I mean, he's. Yeah. He, you know, he's had a very varied life. He was the artistic uh, director for Vanity Fair. I mean, he's had a really interesting uh, career, and I, th- you know, and I think he wants to do other things. And I, I can't uh, blame him. And I loved Gruner, but I loved Gruner more toward the beginning than I do in the, it's what it's been up to lately. 
Do you think Tasty and Alder took a lot of business away? Or any uh, everything? Over no, there. actually, I think I think I think it's a Starbucks. The Starbucks thing is, which is that you put <laughs> a you put a Starbucks next to a little coffee shop, and it just helps them. I don't think Gruner had to oh. close. I don't think it was about whether or not it was successful or not. I think he just wanted to close. Mm-hmm. And, and there was probably that. And Kurt has readily available uh, opportunities that he can he can put. And now we have Greg and Gabby going in. Um, so. Yeah, it was probably a, it was a few things. I don't think he would just shut it down for the sake of shutting it down. But no, he's not that type were, of person. Yeah, because there were other things that could take its place. They did the same thing with Zephro years ago. You know. Um, oh, let's all have a moment of quiet for Zephro. <laughs> such a great. I, I want to have a moment of quiet for Beaker and Flask because I still miss that place. Oh yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. But you can go to Laurelhurst Market and you still have Benny and oh, Kevin. Oh, but there's and, that there's that Vegasy but, vibe that Beaker yeah. had that I just love. Well, I know, but it but at least there's something close. So um, we're we're going over 2015, uh, and we've already discussed some restaurants. Let's start with the best meal that you remember in 2015, if you can. And we're talking about in Portland. Oh. <laughs> Byron with his list of Parisian hot I spots. I do. Actually, I, I'm going to go with my best meal was actually in Paris. Yeah. And it was La Pirouette. Brand- I called the wrong guy, by the way. When I was in Paris, I emailed Gary. Uh-huh. You know, Gary the foodie? Yeah. For restaurant suggestions. But I said under 50 bucks, and he said, I can't. I can maybe tell you where to get a half a dish for that. So well, I'll just tell you quickly what I'm the meal sure what was. It, it was uh, Pornic Pigeon, or they called it Purdue, with bullet casings still in the, the pigeon, with a beef tongue tartlet uh, with deviled eggs and radishes, and then a uh, paramousse with cardamom ice cream. That was my best meal of the year. But locally, it was at my wedding, and I barely had a bite of it, but it was- uh, Who did your wedding? Crown Paella. Oh, great. Crown Paella. Uh, Scott. Love them. Uh, Crown Paella, uh, Scott, and his lovely wife. I'm blanking on her name. Yeah, no, uh, and I know it. I'll come up with it. I I wish you hadn't blanked on it because I was glad you were going to pick it up, but uh, I'll get it. Emily. Emily, yes. Sorry. Scott and Emily. And, and that's, that's no slight to them. I can, I can barely remember my own name on Thursdays. So. That was pretty good. How about you? Me? Okay, so it's it's kind of hard because there's a lot. There's so many food events. So you said meal. I thought. You can, your own interpretation, that, whatever you want. That went in my mouth, this one right here. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you, this is not going to be a surprise, but I will tell you that as far as a meal, um, one of the best meals that I've had and have had multiple years in a row now, but it's, I'm going to give it to Nong. I'm going to give her the simple purity of her, I don't want to say it wrong, the Hainan, Hainan, Hainan chicken, Hainan chicken. Mm-hmm. It's her simple dish. Mm-hmm. I feel like perfect. I know it's perfect. It is 100% perfectly balanced for me. Some things that will surprise you, the carbonara at Grasa. That's good to hear. It is delightful. Never, never fails me. Um, I had some pork belly at the Heathman that I literally did dream about. <laughs> I dreamed about it. It had so much fat on it. And I have probably the most emotional moment with a simple plate of food was quiche at St. Honoré. Right Very nice. Portland. Yeah. Simple you do the greens. choquettes there, by the way, not to take away from your quiche. The what? The choquettes, the little bag of little poppy donuts kind of thing. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, we take the whole family there. We take one of those big tables in the middle, get their log on, get the kids the iPads, and mommy just grazes across so, that thing. So, Byron, you you can speak to this. When I was in France this year for the first time in years, and uh, I I could not believe how deli- First of all, I believed how de- delicious all the pastries were, but how cheap they were. I'd yes, go to, yes. I'd go down and get three croissants for a dollar each. Yeah. I mean, a euro each. Yeah. Uh, a baguette for a euro, and that bag of choquettes that Saint Honoré has for four fifty was a dollar was a euro. Yeah. And so I want to tell you a couple more because we feasted. Choquettes? Uh, did I say croquettes? Ch- no, you said the right thing. Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> Chris. Um, so two other things at night. Um, what is it called? Night, night market. market. Long bonds bite. Oh yeah. Long bonds bite. I, I stood there and just like I closed my eyes and you know it is chaos there but I closed my eyes and I was just like this is this is this is exactly what they do is they just do absolute perfect balance of flavor where you hit every part of your mouth and it was amazing and then the other one I'm going to say is it smoked I would say I had one of the most I just had an amazing moment where I was at Sappington's tent of Country Cat and I had a tomahawk bone and gristle all over my face, <laughs> and I was chewing on it, and it was the most delicious thing ever. This a giant. It was like a foot long. Do you remember seeing those? Yeah, yeah. It was- there, it's so funny you say this because there was lots of times this year when I said this is the best thing I've ever had in my mouth, and I can't remember what those things are now. <laughs> <laughs> From feast specifically, it was no. I mean, there was. Uh, I remember something that had to do with sausage and. You know, there are some people that have good memories for that stuff. They can reel off a dish. I, Mine, as good as it was, I, when we talked about favorite dishes, I had a really hard time. I had to refer to my Instagram feed and remember, but uh, I just remember experiences and mm. that I walked out happy. Yes. And so there may there are so many great dishes in this sure. town. And by the way, Heather, I, w- I don't mean to interrupt your favorite. We'll, no, we'll go. Uh, you want, I'll talk about mine. Um, I remember experiences more than dishes. I remember I went to two Donettes with at, with Vitaly, and I walked out of there each time thinking, wow, that just blew me away. And by the way, I go to a lot of events, so to feel that I got blown away was right. uh, pretty amazing. I remember the, um, the salmon dish he served, and especially something very simple, the cheesy bread. And mm. I don't know the Russian name for it. No, it's I just Corgi couldn't get, an, couldn't the, get the an, kind they do? Do they do it over there? What's that? Is it the same stuff they do at like Cargi Gogo, that cheesy bread? Yeah, I believe so. I don't. I wouldn't There's know. A special but name for it. Yeah, yeah, it was so good, and and um, so I kind of eliminate from uh, if I talked about one Portland Food Adventures event, then I'd have to talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. But I do particularly remember Carlo at Clyde Common. My expectations were at a certain level, and he blew it away when he did his his Portuguese dinner. That was just kid incredible. is a genius. Yeah, so that Love of him. all, I didn't want to single out anyone. PFA dinner because they're all great. If you go to the website, you can see some great dishes there. Um, but that was particularly fantastic. I had some, I didn't really have some great meal. I had some really nice meals in Paris, but I didn't go expensive. No, you don't have to go expensive. Well, we, that's we'll save it for I, another show. Yeah, and, I, and uh, I'd Honestly. love to, I have to recall there was one place that I loved that was fantastic. I, we did our homework and uh, we, we, we ate very well. But I don't want to interrupt Heather. No, it's no. I, and I was just going to finish in Barcelona. We had some fantastic, incredible dishes at a place called Conjuban, and Jose 
found us some great food there. Um, and uh, as far as one particular dish, um, it's really hard to pick them over the others. But uh, but that's when I have Heather come in to save me and start talking about your favorites. My favorites? They happened fairly recently. I mean, Feast was amazing, of course, as always. Um, I... I went to Farm Spirit for the first time a couple of months ago, and uh, full disclosure, they are a client now, but I I wanted to go in and at least <laughs> try the food. And I do this with a, lo- a lot of times if I get inquiries, I go in before I've even met the owner just to kind of, be- you know, before we've made eye contact or anything, because I want a- an experience the same as any other customer. And um, and had a really amazing time there and I, I think is it more about the experience for you or as much than it is the actual it di- is I mean put it this way much. you can't have bad food but if all the food is great which you get all over the place yeah for me it's it's it is so, it is about the experience as well as the food because I tell you like I had I had a I had great food at Renata and we had a, a very nice book club but it wasn't on that more special level and I think what makes farm spirit really nice and for those who don't know it's it's all vegetable-based food. It is a plant-based food restaurant. And so it is... <laughs> just Missy's fell off her just, chair. She's just about to go into a heart attack right now. But I think because it was so different... <laughs> just don't say it was gluten-free as well. They can, they can do gluten-free oh, if you want. <laughs> if you kidding. want, but they, they, all, they do breads as well. <laughs> uh, but because it was, it was just so different from anything else that I had had in Portland or in recent memory, and they treat the vegetables so nice and... Um, just very, very skillfully. And it just opened my eyes to like, you know, it's, it's more than just blanching green beans in a butter sauce kind of, kind of place. It's, I I don't know. I thought it was amazing. I went with a good friend of mine and we had a a really special experience and it's not a preachy atmosphere. They are not there to convert anybody. A lot of the people who go are not vegans at all. So I, I had a really nice time there. Um, and then the other place that I would say I had a really special time was Kachka. I took my um, my mom, my dad, and my um, my son and my husband there. Um, my mom and uh, my husband both have birthdays within a day of each other, and so I I wanted to take them to Kachka. My mom looked at the menu and was like, eh, you know, like if you don't know Russian yeah. food super well, then it's something where you might look at it and go. Mm. But I, I said, trust me, like this place is really great. And the dumplings at Night Market that oh, wow. that they did was a reminder to me, like, I got to get back in there. Um, and so my my grandmother, my maternal grandmother is Ukrainian descent. She's Canadian, was Canadian, but Ukrainian um, and always cooked cabbage rolls whenever we would go and hang out with them, um, visit them. And the smell of these cabbage rolls you you do not forget and because they are not great yeah, <laughs> they are it's pretty, braised cabbage it's braised cabbage it's stinky it's whatever we had cabbage rolls at Kochka where my mom just looked over at me like at the first bite and and was just like oh my god this is good. and to like to make to make your mom's day on her birthday weekend kind of thing it was just kind of an experience that put us up over the top on food that on surprised food her too. That's, that's yeah, but because who's or I mean, cabbage rolls like that's that's just the most unsexy. Well, so it's cheesy bread. Food. So to be excited about yeah, it, yeah, but there's I cheese. disagree. Yeah, well, <laughs> cheesy bread is very sexy. Well, <laughs> so anyway, Kachka, I 
Fabulous time. And I, Fabulous I was time. about to just tell you a program note. If someone wants to hear about Farm Spirit and Aaron Adams, we two or three weeks ago, he was our guest on the podcast. So search the archives for that and many of the other places that we've spoken about, too. Holiday time. Holiday time. Here we are. Right. And we're Smack in the middle. Right? You're always wondering where to go and why not make it easy and go online to harryanddavid.com. You need a place for quick gifts, hostess ideas, entertaining ideas, holiday decor. I was on their site this morning. They have some beautiful wreaths on there. Gorgeous. And I, I, I every year I promise myself I'm going to make myself a wreath. And every year I don't. And this year I'm going to order mine from Harry and David because they have like fresh foliage or and dried fruit on there and herbs and just everything that's going to make it smell delicious in your house. Um, and they also have delicious things. And delicious as well. things. And one of them that that drew my eye and attention is stockyard steaks. They now they now carry stockyard oh, steaks. Yeah. So that's a great that's gift a, for clients. Yes. Friends, family. Guys, I'm always a little stumped on what to get like Steaks are good. Steaks are a great idea. Charcuterie Moose munch, great for kids. My son loves moose munch. Um, chocolate truffles, and it's and a lot of it is grown uh, in Southern Oregon, especially if they're fresh fruit and they're pears and, and prepared there too. Yeah, so put the money back into this local economy. Yeah, support local. And and that's what Harry and David is. Right, and they're supporting us. They're locally. supporting us and supporting you, listeners, because you get a promo code from now until the end of February. PDX ten. Is, is the coupon code that you enter online at harryanddavid.com. Okay, on to uh, gaps in the Portland food market. Things that we... W- Are there gaps? Do we complain? You know, I got out... He- when I moved out here, I started complaining about the dearth of good pizza. And this is, of course, someone must have heard me. Um, and, and lobster rolls. And then I started talking about it and thinking... How could I complain about any lack of any certain food in Portland? There's so much here. So crappy Chinese. That's mine We don't have enough crappy Chinese places, and uh, you know. Some, Are you not saying it is crappy? No, I want crappy Chinese. You want crappy. I want uh, bad Chinese, and it's I really. I can give you a few. I can give you directions. No, but to like a couple the, of places. There's this place in Hood River that I love, but um, but yeah, it's hard to find really just bad Chinese and there's this what place about good I Chinese? found it <laughs> yeah. uh, well come, I think come I to think, the suburbs <laughs> uh, Chins, uh, I mean uh, yeah uh, do, good Chinese probably I think we're uh, we have a uh, we we lack in having really good Chinese restaurants um, we have really good Thai but we don't have really good right we, yeah really? I'm well I mean taste of Sichuan is out uh, in Beaverton off of Cornell and 26 and but that's one that is one. That's that's my and, one and, that and I you, go to. And use the keyword out. Out. It is out there. Yeah, it is in an old Marie Callender's, and you are you are feeling the Marie Callender's vibe there. Um, that's what I was going to say. We're missing Marie Callender's because <laughs> it used to be there, and it's no longer there. I'm very excited that we might get our Portland version of Zabar's coming up, which is. Uh, uh, the one the Pasta Works is going into that space on Sandy, mm-hmm. and so I'm very excited that we'll have something that will be uh, an attraction to come to that part of the city. Just as an attraction, or that you'll that there will be a Zabar's. Well, that will be ha- to have the quality. No, I think it will be a destination. Uh, there, there's no, there's not a lot of reasons to go right to that corner. Mm-hmm. There is if you uh, one block down, you have the ocean, but you really don't have any reason to go up there. Yeah. Yep. 
Chinese is on my list. Is it on your list? Yeah, I think it's I, on I'm, everybody's list. I think that's pretty much a hands down. We need I'm better Chinese. Hold the mic over and here worse. because I have a few things I'd like to talk to you about <laughs> Please, on this. Missy, you take it. Back. Take it. These are my gaps in the Portland food scene. And you know what? I'm I'm going to try and keep it clean. I think I'll probably go down the tube here. So when I start going down the rabbit hole, just We let have me know. no commercial break. We can't save you. So and there's you're, no you're dump on your button. Own. I always get the dump button. Okay, so one of mine and this is probably not going to be a surprise is going to be affordable dining. Um, I think that we have our food carts and everything, but I believe that it's really hard to uh, get get a certain experience under twenty bucks per person. Right. Um, I think that's important. I, I think totally disagree with you. You do? Yeah, I, I kind of. My God. Yeah. You don't even. You've been here you just all your life, one. Melissa. You just mentioned one. The carbonara grossa. I mean, go to San Francisco. <laughs> you go order to at major the counter. Metropolitan okay, area. all right. This is not. This is no. You guys, you're spoiled. Heather, you're spoiled. I'm saying it. You're spoiled. You know what? Let me also tell Heather's, you. I agree. Been Let me. I want to address podcast. this. <laughs> you're going to be. You'll finish. But I just want to say, I've been complaining about prices a lot lately too, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's a function of my financial status, but I also think we have a little price creep going on. Things have gotten. A little more expensive than they were. The happy hours aren't as generous as they used to be. Which I'm and, fine with that. Yeah, but I also, th- but we start to sound like old folks when we s- complain about prices. I had this conversation with Gary. So I think maybe it's because things, I used to be able to go out with my family. I was talking to my son about this last night. We used to be able to go out for four of us for $25, $30. But that was 15, 20 years ago. So um, I'm just saying under 20 bucks for a drink and an entree. Come on. Or I'm not ordering at the counter. And so including tip? I don't know. Don't you well, know no, what? Well, no, people are listening. We need to know how to satisfy Missy and what you know, people have to. Okay. Okay. No, no, I hear what you're saying. I think I'm just getting a little sticker shock by the $28 pasta that doesn't even have meat in it. Yeah. I think that's what sort of hits me. And I have a very, very intimate relationship with profit and loss statements and food cost. And I know what food cost is and I know what it takes to get the food in the door and to fix it and to pay salaries. And I'm probably going to get a lot of grief for this, but I see a lot of chefs running around with salaries and, you know, not, and and the food prices hiking up. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I can't tell people how to run their business, but I, I do, I, I would like to see a, $20 pasta that didn't have meat. In it. I like meat, but I'm just saying that's kind of one of my things is I go through a menu and I look at it and that sort of tells me. I agree. Know, Over at. $20 for pasta is more than we used. We want to. Now, if there's stinging nettles in it or something super fancy pants or something, all right, I'll give you a couple extra bucks. But And what else do you have on your list? What else? Oh. Okay, <laughs> let's get off that. I know Byron's Thanks, totally Byron's. bored. I know. Okay, so here's another one. Fast coffee. Um, and I love coffee. I'm all about coffee. Oh, I one. support our coffee makers. But um, I, you get like three people in front of you at the coffee line and you're screwed. It'll never happen here. It will never happen to here. And then I just walk up and, and, and then I, I, I want to just like have an unspoken uh, that we agree that the drip coffee that you have is good and that there aren't nine of them. And this is just these are just, you know, sort of holes, I guess, maybe a grievance. But I just, I, I don't want someone to sneer at me. I want someone to say, hey, I got you, lady. Here's your cup of coffee. You know, I mean, it just seems Go like to New York. Know. Yeah. I know. I, I would, exactly. I think I'd do great in New York. They would just throw the coffee at the back of my head. I'd catch it. I'd be out the door. It would yeah. be fantastic. I, I just had a cup of soup before I 
before this morning or earlier, and I was in a had to get here. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be fast? And they looked at me like I was nuts asking that question. Like, because I'm thinking, oh, it is, are you going to get to my soup before you do those yeah. 16 sandwiches? At any rate, yes, I agree with you. But Starbucks moves you out. Starbucks moves you out. They do. Fast. And while I like Starbucks and everything, I think the where I struggle is that I do want to put my dollars into the locally. I agree with guys. you. But if you want fast coffee, that is the. And Wi Fi. And Wi Fi. And, and I also, yeah, and, and I, yeah, and Wi Fi. Jeez. Mine all suck, it sounds like. Okay. Um, I, I miss <laughs> bars that are truly divey, like from the 90s. Oh, well, we had a podcast about that. You need oh, to listen to I it. need that list. To Natalia like, put that together. I, I, this is on my uh, trends that we need to get rid of. Uh, we need to retire uh, craft cocktails oh at my, dive oh bars. Oh, my God. I want to I make out with you right now, and here's uh, why. Wait, he said at dive bars. He wasn't saying craft retire co- craft cocktails, craft period. Cocktails. Yeah, they're end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, what I wrote is cocktails that need an abacus to understand. Right. Yeah. You get this. Cra- cra- I just think it's weird Can when I you go to the Mock Crest, which is this great <laughs> blues club, and they have a list of specialty cocktails that are, were uh, hand-picked and delivered by specialty blah, 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 and it's a dive bar. I think it's yeah. safe to say if it's become a Portlandia skit, then it's probably seen its time. And it's <laughs> time exactly. to go. And we have had several Portlandia skits about... The mixologist, bartender, hipster douchebag person oh you know, my who's gosh. creating a, a 12 ingredient cocktail. So, yeah, I agree. Okay, so my last one, and, and these are kind of general things. I know you guys were going like along the actual like ethnicity of the food. Mine is, um, this is a really big one for me now being a mom, is fam- family friendly restaurants. Um, and I, I mean, one that is very clearly, obviously family rest, family restaurants. I don't want to set my twins loose on anybody having a quiet evening. So I need to know it's family friendly and don't tell me it's family friendly. Cause you got a, a mac and cheese on the menu or that you have Be a high chair in the corner. Or there's one high chair. Right. I need to know that you're not setting the table with steak knives and that you do have the lids and the straws. And that when I walk in and I say, go ahead and fire a mac and cheese and split it between two plates, it's not going to still come out with my food. I need you to get that my kids are going to lose their shit if you don't get that <laughs> macaroni and cheese on the table. And then, honestly, here here's the thing. If you get that mac and cheese out, I'm going to have a bar tab bigger than any 24-year-old who just got a raise. <laughs> Anybody. I'm going to sit there and drink all night, and I will come back probably three times a week. And it's those missing. drinks aren't for your twins. No. Well... I mean, no, <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm saying I will come and frequent your establishment and spend a lot of money if I just know that it's moderately safe and that you're going to have a few of these things in place. But what's the, there, there's got to be the balance because once you get too kid friendly, there are a lot of people that just don't want to go there. With people a, are always going to have I, kids. I, I was in uh, Saturday, Verde Casino, I had the, was with a friend who gave me a couple of ideas for things that need to go in Portland because she's from Seattle and she saw some things and said, What's with this? But we, we were the pretty much the only ones in there, and I said, "Oh, isn't this peaceful?" And within a minute, a family with three or couples with three kids came in. <laughs> so that lasted a minute. So there's the balance of you know, I is think this a kid? It needs to be said. It needs to be clear. Like Spaghetti Factory, you're gonna get what you get. Red Robin, it's gonna be screaming. And you know what? Honestly, those are huge chains. And I honestly, I, I God bless you guys, but that's I want to put my money in someone's pocket. I want one person to say, I'm going to make this happen and buy a big old old Albertsons, put a bunch of booths in and make great food and have a lot of liquor. And have, it, it. And have it be for kid. It is a kid friendly place. It is, it is a kid friendly. There's an opportunity because there's a lot that's been done in this town that hasn't been done. So I, I, think, I think it would be huge. Yeah. 
Good. Well, let's see if that happens in That's a big hole in the Portland food scene. <laughs> Heather, did you do your um, things that are... I think we've we've transitioned into things that like trends that need to die. Is that where we are, kind of? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think that's kind of I, well, where we are. Well, Byron was there a minute ago. I um, thought that was a good spot to be. Yeah. I, I, I would really like to see the end of the hype on the national food holidays. Please. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Please. I uh, and it's I National Donut Day today. Well, that's because of Facebook, <laughs> right? With, without Facebook, you wouldn't have that because someone's got to post that. Well, to and this is I am, you know, I, I will call out my profession as well as you know, food publicists. We yep. are just as guilty. I, I will raise my I hand. Actually, I promoted a national food holiday day or two this year, but it's time to let it rest because we've it, it's seen its day. Sure, and and we can move on now. Uh, yeah, what do you got, uh, drunk chefs. I'm, I'm tired of drunk chefs. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Is there a story there? No, I'm just tired of drunk chefs. No, there's chef. like 12 stories there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm tired of drunk chefs, and you know who you are out there. And uh, I'm tired of tipping. Yay! Oh, yeah, well, that's a good... That uh, It's I, confusing. I, I just saw, you know, I'm going to sound like such a fucking asshole, but I went to... Europe and France, and it was not expected and was not encouraged. My husband, of course, said, "We have to tip. We have to tip twenty percent." And I'm like, "No, we don't." Uh, they, you know, They're perfectly so, happy with some five percent. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, and they were always like, "What the fuck are you doing with the, you know over?" Uh, ac- they always felt like he was over tipping. I'm like, "Just let him do it. He's American, you know." So, um, yeah, tipping's done. For yeah, me. it's it's time. Well, it's not done. You still have to do it. You just wish it was done. Well, so, I'll, I'll never not tip twenty to twenty five percent because in this town, people, you know, they know you. Well, I, I'm not going to say that, but people expect it, and so of course I'm going to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah, and I wish good restaurants would not close. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, can't help but think about places like. Uh, Co- uh, what was it on? Cocout. Cocout. Yeah, well, wonderful restaurant and made yep. me feel really at home there, and uh, I'm so sad they're gone. Me too. Um, I've okay. got some food trends. Okay. Or things, um, and and I'll be a, a little more brief than my That's okay. my, my thing. Okay. Uh, one of them was using the word elevated. I'd like to see that. Um, this is elevated burger. This is an elevated French fry poutine. Uh, uh, it, it's delicious. Or that it that happens to be cooked to perfection or grilled to perfection. Uh, that one had to go a long time ago. Cooked to perfection. Um, how about two sides of fermented crap on my plate? Mm. <laughs> Thank you for the for taking care of my gut health, but I am out out for the night for some butter. Cook that shit in some butter and make me happy. <laughs> um, but no, I mean I love the fermentation and all of that. It's awesome. Um, also, weird fusions like Korean burgers, or you know, I'm just throwing something out there like a slop of kimchi on top of my burger. Just things like that that I'm are. I'm with you on that. I'm tired of I'm kimchi tired. on everything. Yeah, or uh, waffles and everything. I'm, waffles. Uh, waffles and That's everything. That's the opposite of kimchi. But you know, it seems like everything comes with a waffle now, and so I yeah. really don't need a waffle with everything. Yeah, I'd like some fries. See, if someone's listening from another state and and hearing, <laughs> they, they'd have to think we're absolutely nuts. Yeah. Pork belly. Yeah, oh, I'm with you on done. that too. I'm so pork. done with pork belly. Done. I'm so fucking done I with pork belly. I'd just rather have bacon. Just a nice bacon. Crisp something. It's not pork belly. Ugh. Okay. I'm so, so I'll, happy. I'll tell you one. It's like this and how it's, it's different. Awful. And I'm going to oh, go it's against so good. I'm going against the tide <laughs> here because everything is now smoked. I am everything's yeah. got to have a smoky flavor and I've gotten not only do I not love it, I'd prefer if there's something 
some meat that's smoked and not smoked right next to each other, I'd go for the non-smoked most of the time. They Why does everything have to be smoked? that are smoky. Yeah, drinks. It's, it's okay. because of mezcal, and mezcal's really popular in drinks right now. No, no like. like ice cubes. I feel smoked like that's a bad place to end, though. I think. No, we're not ending. Okay. We, have, we have a couple of minutes, but I think a good place to end would be an endorsement. Someplace you want people to go. Yes. Uh, are we are we jumped in that? Yeah, uh, we jumped. That's fine. Uh, Unless there's something else anybody has to... Take kale off your menu, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think Radar needs to be on your radar. Radar is this wonderful restaurant in North Mississippi. Uh, I find that Lily and Jonathan, what they're doing over there is akin to a French bistro. I uh, love them. I love their food, and I love their uh, attention to detail. Okay. I knew you'd bring them up. You've talked about them. I love it. I'm going to yeah. take a pass on this, but go, there's a reason. But go ahead, Miss. Me? Missy. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like I've I've blown all my wad, for lack of a better word. Um, I uh, an endorsement. Someone who I just really like to endorse. Do you well, want to not, I, I'll give you one more. But okay. a restaurant, yeah, Brian. No, I have. Got, I have okay, a non. I, I do have one, but go no, ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I think. Um, I'm going to go back to the conversation that we had earlier about people and restaurants that have been around and have been consistent that I think we put all of our focus for our restaurants of the year being new and all of that. And and I'm into that. But I'd like to give a very major um, endorsement to the Paragon restaurant. Well, I didn't even think about that anyway. I drove by Weird. it the other day. And that I thought, is such way out of left field. I would never have thought you would have said that. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Paragon restaurant, consistent food, consistent bar program. One of the first restaurants that was in, you know, yep. the, I'm air who, quoting Pearl District. Who owns that? Always good. It's not owned in San Francisco? There's one in That's... San Francisco by the ball field. Um, they, remember they opened up that seafood concept that turned into, um, uh, it's just like one block down. Um, I'm blank. Irving Street. Irving Street. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Sarah. Um, but, 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 and that didn't work. They tried to go outside of their, it seemed like, I remember when that opened. But I feel like the Paragon is just it's it sort of is like a little it's just there and it's always consistent and they're always open and their windows fly up and they just them and Andina like they're just a couple that I just oh. I'm they will always have my heart Andina's really good absolutely I don't like it you don't I don't like Andina I'm so sorry Mama Doris I'm sorry for I, that I don't I don't I don't I don't see what the big deal is. I really, really oh, don't. Get it. I don't. I don't stand for Andy. I like I'm the vibe. So I like the food. I think the only thing that, the the only thing I can identify it is it's it's not a chef centric restaurant. So we don't hear about it in the I, and you know you I could restaurant. say that it's overhyped, uh, but I, I would not put it on my top of my list. I, would, I agree with you on some aspects of that. There, there's a sense of ability about Andina being the ultimate shit, and I just don't think it is. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I just don't think. But I also am not a big Peruvian fan of food. The Peruvian well, food, I, and they should make you a fan if it's that good. They sh- you should become a Peruvian fan. Yeah. I will say that I went there when I was about six months pregnant, and I probably would have eaten rocks if you gave that to <laughs> me. Are we doing them? But it was good. I, I, most but, overrated but Paragon, restaurant? Paragon was my... Do it. Most overrated restaurant? Do it. Ox. Oh. No, I don't agree with you on that. Okay, it's oh. fine. The what only makes thing, you say that? What makes you say that? Uh, it's hard to get in there. Uh, it's really hard to get in there. Once you're in there, I love... Oh, gosh, shit. Um, I love Greg and Gabby a lot. I love them a lot. I just am not a big fan of charred meat, really charred meat. I feel like I'm eating cancer. So, but you know that's the that's the nature of reviews. I had this discussion with someone the other day. 
everything, everybody's got a different palate. So I don't think, it, I generally don't love that reviewers go in and trash a place based on their palate. Sure. I think, I think you're I, absolutely right. I think yeah. very different. It doesn't mean that I don't love you, Gab and, and Greg. Yes. And I love aspects but, of your food. I just don't like this charred meat thing. It just drives me fucking crazy. Well, and that, <laughs> it's, it's very it, akin to the smoked, smoked. Uh, criticism. Yeah, that's what, I don't mind charred, though. I, I like <laughs> I like my steak sometimes Pittsburgh style. That's the way my dad taught me to have it, which is charred on the outside and rare on the inside. Really rare on the inside. But, you know, there's one thing that I would like to find a way around. And Heather and I had... Uh, worked on a project a couple of years ago, but places like Ox, we stay away from because of that concept of the line, Toro Bravo. They're great restaurants, but I feel like I can't go. You um, would never go on a day like this. You would never, I mean... Because you got to wait outside. In the rain, in yeah, the sterile so rain. I wish there was a way, Heather and I worked on, a, on an app of, a couple of years ago, and I thought there was a better iteration of it, which is to get on a remote wait list. So that yeah. at the very least, if you don't want to take reservations, and I understand where you don't, but it would be really cool to be able to know I'm on my way. Can I put my name on Ox's wait list? Yeah. And I'll get I'm there. Seven minutes away. I'll get there and I'll use your bar for a drink or two, but I don't want to wait two hours. Right. But it has just the same amount of cancellation capability as the phone. And that's at the end of the day. I think that's why. But here's, Portland doesn't. I mean, we have we're a city of flakes. It sounds like because I don't know why the no reservation. That's an actually on my shit list too. Is the the no reservation policy of our restaurants here drives me well, bananas. Well, that that would answer everything if they like, would do the that. The flaky people are ruining it for the more organized people like me. Well, and let me say this: maybe as and I don't mean to interrupt you, but maybe as the restaurants get as the economy improves and restaurants get better, they'll be able to handle a little bit of that loss in the flakiness and do things so it's more comfortable and sophisticated. So I have people come here from, I just had my friend come here asking me for restaurant recommendations. Every place was get there at five. So why should you have yeah, to get there at five, five if, you, if you just came into a city? That's right. Why should you have to get That's there right. at five? There's got to be a way around that. And right. it's not a party of six that is the answer. So I have a question for you. On yes. That sort of dove dovetails all uh, kind of on all of this um, or maybe it's for everyone Th the question is with is it just because we're inside of food and around food so much or do you think we're close to being saturated our market oh I think the chefs have talked about it being saturated for years and that's we're, why places yeah, like Levant we're, are we're oversaturated I mean we're, we're why can't I get a seat that's a uh, because sorry. we have also <laughs> our stomachs are oversaturated too. I mean, oh no, we're pigs. I'm not. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's a really good of, question. Okay. It's an yeah. oxymoron kind of. Thing. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I like what you get it. It does. Make, <laughs> it does make no sense. It, it does make any sense. Why can't you get a seat? I used to say that about in my early days of Portland Food Adventures. Why? Why I wasn't selling as much as I do now, but I drive around and their places were packed, and I because think, because. I feel like the the media landscape tends to encircle themselves or or zone in on a top 10, a top 20 and repeat that playlist over and over and over no, again. Heather, I waited on I think a like a Thursday night for 45 minutes at Red Robin. Well, you that's your fault. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I can't help you there. You don't get to bring that up <laughs> no on the show. No one can help me. There's no restaurant. Heather, <laughs> Heather, we should come in and talk about how the the new media and how media has changed so much in uh, food. Yep. 
with the uh, changing of the guard over the Oregonian and every place else, Portland Monthly, and just talk about how uh, people really find out their information. I'm really thrilled actually to say positive things about what's happening on Facebook and Twitter like that. I'm finding restaurants I've never heard about. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yep. discovering things uh, that have very little to do with critics or critical. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm loving like the best place I go to do that is probably Eater. Mm-hmm. I used to write for them, but uh, some, and they send, tend to be on top of the trends too, but I, I'm finding more interesting restaurants on Facebook than any place else actually. And hearing other chefs talk about it and, yeah. and, and yeah. other food industry people say what they think is good. But sometimes I think, I had this discussion this morning, sometimes I think they, that there are such, some chefs in this town that are so beloved that, that, everybody else is raving about their stuff when it's really not. Dude, what was on Eater this morning was something about Jose Chesa hires a bunch of people for his new restaurant. I'm like, whoop de fucking do Like, is that is that our news right now? Is like a restaurant has hired a lot of people for another restaurant? Like, The real story is that the restaurant's opening, but but to say that he hired people. But, I mean, but, but come on. It's like, it's like sports. They're signing the free agents. But there's so, I mean, that's what, but that's to Byron's where we are. point, there's so many great. Pl- I mean, like we've all said, there's all, so many great places that are underserved, underrecognized in this landscape, and it would just be. And, and that's why this podcast is inspiration for telling that story. You know, um, and new media, uh, I think, is is helping to serve that customer that doesn't want to hear the same playlist right. over and over and, and over it's going again. beyond the food blogger who just wants a free meal you know it's yes. it's oh, those it, people <laughs> there's a lot of them uh and uh so you have to you have to understand that we are in a new and and it has a lot to do with the scene it has a lot to do with sophistication of the market and it's worthy of a whole hour yeah i have to go guys I yeah no we, we all have parking situations <laughs> so that what better note to end the year on than we have parking problems we have to deal with them <laughs> Portland. There's nowhere to on put a, my car on either. A, on a rainy day. But anyway, I want to thank you, Byron, for coming. So this is great. I really enjoyed this. Missy, Heather, Kayleen, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. I love the, the whole, we had a really nice discussion because I saw Kayleen's head nodding yeah. a lot that she was in. <laughs> a, yeah, so that was, uh, it was great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Right at the Fork. Thank you, everybody who's listened to us and supported us this year. It's been a great year. Um, and Hey, one other so thing. Yeah. We already have the announcement up front about Harry and David, but uh, you got some shopping to do. PDX10 at harryanddavid.com. Yes. Oh, we got a discount? Yeah, you, yeah, a you discount. get a discount. Yeah, you get a discount. I know a few people that have used it. They they wrote me to say I thanks. used it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, PDX10 at harryanddavid.com? Yes. yes. Okay. There you go. Yes. But thank you to our, our, our audience. Um, Chris and I have come across many people in the industry and and uh, just also outside of the industry who've said they love the show and, and we really, really appreciate that and um, and keep listening. We hope to have more great stuff in 2016. Happy, happy holidays. New, and happy, yeah, I was gonna say happy new year. Yeah. Same happy thing. new year. <laughs> happy new year. And sorry, Grabe and Gabby. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the second show, which is all the sorries. <laughs> right at the Fork is hosted by Chris Angelus, produced by me, Heather Jones, and expertly sound engineered by Court Johnson. We record at the beautiful studios of Alpha Media. And we can be found anywhere on the internets where you can listen to podcasts. If you want to find us and talk to us, we love emails and tweets and Facebook posts. You can find us at rightatthefork at gmail.com 
on Facebook at Right at the Fork and on Twitter at Food Podcast PDX.